0: This is The Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit subscribe, share this episode with your team, and let's join Pastor Brandon Stewart for another vital conversation for all of us who lead in the middle. Everybody, welcome back to season 4 of the Leading Second podcast. My name is Taylor and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second and I am so glad that you've joined us today. Whether you've been with the tribe for a while now or maybe you're listening for the very first time, welcome to this space. We're a group of second-chair leaders who aren't necessarily in charge, but we still lead and have influence from the middle of our organizations. And we are committed to dying to self daily to see the church move forward. And we just want to get it right for our pastors. And gosh, what an honor it is to walk alongside you all in this work. We would love to connect with you and hear your story because your story matters. And we want to learn how your life has been impacted by Leading Second. So reach out to us on Instagram or our website and tell us who you are. We want to hear how Leading Second has made a difference in your leadership. And hey, while you're at it, shoot us a question. You got a question rolling around in your heart, or maybe you have a leadership wrestle that you're experiencing. We are here for you. We take a few minutes on the front end of our podcast to answer one of these listener questions, and yours could be next. We actually have a listener question to dive into today, and for this one, um, Brandon will sit down with a few executive pastors to discuss this question. So let's lean in today.
1: We had another great question come in, actually a couple questions come in uh, from some leading second podcast listeners, and um, they were good questions, probably ones we're all facing. So all I knew to do was grab a couple of my much smarter friends to help me answer uh, a couple very, very big questions. So first of all, I want to welcome here today, uh, Jennifer Martin. Uh, So glad to have you joining us to help us answer a question.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Jennifer Martin. I'm from North Rock Church in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm one of the executive pastors here.
1: Awesome. And we love your house. Y'all are great friends to the Team Church tribe. And um, you and I are actually kind of talking for the you know first time here today. So I'm excited to learn from you. Also, my friend Matt Kaiser, welcome back. You were on an episode with us a couple weeks ago. Glad to have you back for this.
3: Yeah, thanks, Pastor Brandon. Hello, everyone. Matt Kaiser from Chillicothe, Ohio, Center Point Church. Serve under Uh, Pastors Chris and Kristen Van Buskirk, and also in an executive pastor role.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, today we had a couple of questions come in having to do with volunteer morale. You know, how can I lead or improve the volunteer morale of my church? And man, if there isn't a church somewhere dealing with this in some, you know, form right now in this season, I don't know them because uh, in some way uh, this has affected all of us as we lead in our new reality. And so I'm just going to throw this out to both of you, uh, because I know that y'all are, are dealing with this in your own ways at your church, and yet hopefully finding your way through. And Jennifer, I'm going to start with you today. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts in, in terms of where you're at and what you're seeing is bringing volunteer morale in your church.
2: Yes, um, this is something I think we are all dealing with. Um, and one of the things that we discovered here at Northrop was our volunteers that came back kind of kept waiting on everyone else to come back. And it was kind of this mm. idea of, well, when everyone gets back or when everything gets back to normal and right. we kind of just go in and start and say, look, what's back is back. We're rebuilding from here. Um, So look around. This is the team. This is our team. And so we're going to rebuild our team from here. We're so happy that you are back now. Go find someone who is not serving and bring them in to serve with you. Um, And let's start rebuilding together. Um, And I think that that really, really changed the morale of everyone Mm -hmm. once they realized, okay, this is what we've got. This is where we are. And now we know where we're going. So-
1: that's right. And you bring up such an important point. How tempting has it been for all of us to try to explain this season in the terms of where we were at pre COVID. And I mean, I've I've been there and I've heard it so many times. Oh yeah, we're at 30% pre COVID numbers or we're at 70% pre COVID numbers. And I think a few months ago, maybe about a year ago, I started looking at leaders and saying, I don't want to hear about pre-COVID numbers. Like what you have is a hundred percent of what you have today. These are the people God has given you to steward today, right? And and, and I th- I think that uh, we don't need to live under the weight of of what was or wasn't. But maybe just be proud. I don't know if you'd want to speak to that anymore, but just be proud of of what we have in this season.
2: Right. Well, I, I I'm not going to speak to it too much more. But I will say it's just like you said. We we have. God's given us what we need and, and that's some people that's are right. waiting for people to come back because they think that they need them. God has given us everything that we need right now to take ground going forward. Who you need is already there. Beautiful. So, so just cast vision. I would say just cast vision, um, set some goals because people love to rally around a goal, cast vision, Great. set some goals and start rebuilding from where you are. So.
1: Well said, well said, my friend, uh, Matt, What's on your mind when it comes to volunteer morale and improving it?
3: Yeah, so God, I mean, we're seeing scripture played out, right? Those who stayed, those who are planted, like the morale is great. We're seeing it in Psalms, right? Those who uh, plant right. in the house of God will thrive in the courts of God, and we're seeing that. Those who stayed and and those who came since the pandemic, like they have mm-hmm. root and they are thriving. And so we've all kind of gone through that. We've kind of operated under this principle, and it's an Andy Stanley uh, principle. So I'm gonna, I should have been a little bit more prepared. Maybe, but uh, new brings momentum. And so, mm-hmm. just over the last really 2021, uh, last six to nine months, new things create and infuse momentum. And uh, I can write a book on how not to launch a campus in a pandemic because the on ramp <laughs> was 18 months and it was insane in a portable high school. Wow. Uh, but two wow. weeks ago, we, we, we did that. And there was so much excitement, the morale of the team, not just there at the campus, but Uh, Here at our other location, the morale is great because they can see the vision and mission being lived out. And so we're just seeing new things. Uh, We've onboarded new leaders. We've transitioned new small group leaders, um, small group directors, and uh, something that we've as a church we we have uh, unveiled a new vision, mission, and values. And so like we allowed space for our pastor to really dream a little bit and uh, over the course of the summer just rolled that out to our team and going actually this weekend to the rest of our church so like there's a lot of excitement because it's new
1: that's great and and i think you just gave us really good language there new brings momentum and infuses life and i'll bet that every team could start something new i mean new maybe as big as a big as a new building i know Man, I have two pastor friends who just recently opened new buildings and three more under construction right now. But then, you know, at my home church, we just started a new discipleship program. You know, new could even be a new meeting you have at your house once a week with your key leaders to go through the God's word. I mean, new, new could mean a lot of things, right? New, new could mean something big, something small, but life comes from that. Any other thoughts from you, Matt?
3: No, absolutely. New, new just brings life, right? And so, it could, like you said, it could be new, new rhythms of meetings, new, new structure, new curriculum. Just anything that just uh, clarifies what we're trying to do and and gets other people involved. And so, yeah, that's that's great. Well,
1: if you're facing volunteer morale issue in any way, we wanted you to know today you're not alone. Uh, we are all walking this walk, fighting this fight, but we truly, truly believe here at Leading Second, we truly believe these are some of the greatest days for the church. Uh, these may be sowing days rather than reaping days. You know, These, these may be days of investing, um, but we certainly believe we're going to see a future harvest from this season.
0: As part of our series, Healthy Hustle. Throughout the series, our goal is to break down the dichotomy between hard work and rest and equip you to run at a sustainable pace in this season. For today's interview, we are truly honored, so honored to welcome Colleen Tunis to the podcast. Colleen leads at Elevation Church as the programming director. She is absolutely brilliant. And what an honor it is to have her on the podcast with us today. Brandon will sit down with Colleen to talk about leading well in a fast-paced season, and man, I am here for it. So grab your notebook and let's jump into this valuable conversation together here today.
1: Well, Colleen, so good to have you back on the podcast with us uh, today. So good to be here. Super excited to chat with you guys. Hey, we love you so much and we love your house so much. Uh, I remember getting to meet you a couple of years ago at Team Church Conference when you guys were out um, and 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 loved meeting you then, but I just have to say and give honor where honors do your house just personally has meant so much to my life, even through the last 18 months. Um, you are like the other place I go to church. Don't tell anybody, but like, like the other, <laughs> the other place. Uh, but honestly just so much, so much, um, life and, 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 you know, spoken into my spirit from your house and all the work that you do online, so just a big thank you, I guess, from from our family and all that for all that you do in ministry. Thank you for
4: saying that. I'm honored to be a part of it. And we love Champion Center too. You guys are like family to us. And so
1: yeah, feel the same way. Awesome. Well, hey, catch us up really fast on just the last maybe 18 months 18 of your months. life. Yeah, real casually. <laughs> let me just catch up when last 18 yeah. months.
4: Uh, so COVID happened. That was crazy. Uh, that really was like that. I mean, even just looking back at when COVID hit and just... It just like put everything in a tailspin. And I know, like, obviously that happened with everyone, but I think one of the cool things for us was just the way that God had been positioning our online ministry to just like when COVID hit, we were like, oh, we already have this thing, like where people are encountering Jesus in a very real way. And now we get to like kind of just put all our energy into that. And so, yeah, it's great. It's been wild just to see what God's done with our online ministry and just how we feel like He kind of like. Pushed us in that direction for what we didn't know what was coming. And then just to see how he used it was incredible. But it's been, it's been wild. We've been doing, I mean, for a while we did pre-records. Now we're back live. Uh, all of our online stuff was live, even if sermons were pre-recorded and we had like maybe six or seven experiences where hosts would just be like, we just wanted to feel like we were with people and could like encourage them. Right. Uh, our hosts would be there, you know, like 7 a.m. till 12 a.m. literally all day on Sunday, just so we could be part live of every wow. experience. and so it's tapered down a little bit since then <laughs> but I mean, it's been an intense 18 months for sure
1: well anyway and, and you're just back from vacation too so uh, yes. so this will be really good today you're like you're like I'm all fresh back now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome hey i also have uh, my good friend and fellow team member in the champion center in team church world rachel buckner hey can you believe i almost used your I almost used your maiden name. That was weird. probably
5: my still like that. in Your phone, isn't it?
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, it actually is. it's
5: been 10 years. It's fine.
1: Ra- Rachel is the person in our team, especially this year when we were going through crazy season with our baby being born early and all that. I called Rachel one day and I was like, help just filling gaps, find gaps and fill them. And she had, she made a poor life choice to say yes <laughs> to that moment. <laughs> and, and, but as a great friend and, and, uh, tell everybody, I guess what you do around, uh, around yeah, I am center. the
5: online creative director at champion center. Uh, that happened Beautiful. officially when we went, when COVID happened, really, we'd been considering coming back to work, um, for quite some time. And then COVID happened and pastor Kevin was like, so are you ready now? <laughs> sure. I think now's the time. So, Here we go. you, Colleen, and your team—I think I've told you this before—but you've just always been literally such an inspiration to us because we were similarly similarly positioned, looking to you guys for inspiration over the years on how to have an online presence. And then COVID hit, and we were ready. So, Great. thank you. Uh,
4: of course, <laughs> thank you.
1: So today, Colleen, uh, I'm really excited to be having a conversation around healthy hustle. We're continuing this, this series. And, um, I just really believe that we've created a dumb dichotomy in the ministry world and we've pitted like working hard and rest against each other. And, and it's like the two can't coexist. And I see like, like, you know, 22 year olds taking three months sabbaticals for ministry, you know, and, and things like that. And yet I think we all know that part of what's kept us all in the game for years has been a a work ethic and, and the ability to, to work hard. And so I just want to dive into that from this angle and Colleen, I, I thought you could speak well to this question that I wanted to pose for us all today. How can I stay healthy in a fast paced environment? And, um, I guess I, maybe you can back me up on this elevation church. I'm sure could qualify as a fast paced environment. Is, I would, I would like true? to qualify
4: it as that. I don't know if I am officially approved <laughs> to, but I, I would put my stamp on that, that that is absolutely true. I feel like we, I've been on staff a little over 11 years and I feel like it has been nonstop the, the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, we'll just say it's not slow. How about that? It's just yeah, we'll go not, that way. not slow. Okay. Um, but let me just lob this out to you first. Have you seen this this tension even in your own life and, and ministry journey of, of health versus hustle? Have you seen that tension?
4: Absolutely. I think it's a constant tension that you kind of have to manage. And I think even within the last couple of years, we've seen it play out just a lot, especially like you were saying with a lot of our younger staff, we've had a lot of turnover in the last couple of years of people feeling burned out and tired. And Um, and it's interesting that you even asked us, we just did a teaching for some of our creative team, uh, Ryan Hollingsworth and I, one of our creative, other creative directors who've been here a good amount of time of just like how, what does longevity look like on staff? And like, what are the things that you need? And we kind of, we put together like a list and there's, I mean, there's, I have the list here, but I don't necessarily, if you guys want it, I'll give it to you, but it's 10 things. Um, but it's just some things that like, I think these are the things that have helped me kind of stay the course and like just figure
1: out how to do this. I want the list. I totally want the list. Yes.
4: (laughs) I'm going to give you all of them and then we can dive deeper on anything that you want. Uh, But know your rhythms, have fun, make friends, remember your why, don't forget the big picture, go to church. I'll explain that one later. (laughs) Celebrate your wins, (laughs) practice gratitude, ask questions slash ask for help. And then, We've, the last one is don't be an idiot, uh, but what that means is basically don't quit at the bottom. Like don't quit in your lowest moment. Like that's like the worst thing you can do. Like if you still feel like your time is up after you've rebuilt yourself to a healthy place, that's when you should leave. But don't quit when you're at the bottom. Look at
1: look at Colleen coming on the podcast with a ten point sermon. Like right off the bat.
4: <laughs> I'll say it real quick, I don't know if I'd call that a sermon. I have a quick list, but. <laughs> Yeah. Those are just, those are things that like really stood out to me that like these are the things that like have helped me through. And I think even with the, the actual number six is go to church, you dummy. We were real aggressive with how we, <laughs> but specifically for some of our creative team, we work really hard to pull off the weekend. And a lot of the team also like is running cameras on the weekend. And if you're not like sitting in church and taking in God's word and sitting in worship, like that just takes a toll on you. And you can really easily forget the why to what you do. If you're always just in the weeds of it.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, let's just start there for a minute. I mean, Oh, so you, this is your list. So how do you go to church? Like when, when do you go to church? What does that look like for you?
4: So, and that it's tough. Cause I host online on the weekends also, which is awesome. But like, we are literally like moving locations straight up until when the sermon starts. And then we can't sit in cause we have to leave early to get out. So we have it on in a room where all of us are like kind of waiting in between stuff where we're like listening and taking notes. But honestly, Monday morning is really when I sit down and I re-listen to the sermon and I take notes and I'm like, okay, this is the time where I'm like actually digesting it. Cause as much as I'd like like to on Sunday, it just doesn't realistically happen.
1: Yeah, no, it makes, it makes perfect sense. Let me just start here and back up just a little bit with us. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're laughing, but no doubt about it. Elevation church is going to have some fast paced moments and seasons. Yeah. Uh, if, if not continually. So in what specific ways do you feel like you experience the fast paced yeah. ministry?
4: Um, well, I think like even just looking at this year and season, it's like, one of, it's one of these things where it's like, Oh, we're going to do this event. Oh, and then we're going to do this event. So like we have a live recording next week. Uh, then we're about to go on a 10 day tour with Elevation nights where we're touring around to seven different cities. We're basically just taking church on the road. And so um, those are like two weeks apart. Then we come back and we go into our year end series time. Then we have an album recording, then it's Christmas. And then even within that, there's just like the year end vision video giving. And so it's like, we just cram everything into a couple month period where there's just like it's not like you know when you say like oh if we can just get through this then like we can be on the next thing it's like always no, like when is like the breath and i don't feel like that's where i feel like we that's how we are so fast paced as you lead your team and you you
5: are seeing this far into the future and they may or maybe just looking at what's right in front of them and feeling the weight of that yeah. pressure how are you leading them toward health in in those moments.
4: That's a great question. And honestly, I try to bring them into the big picture too, because I think one of the biggest frustrations frustrations is when people like when expectations aren't met or if they think that, you know, it's going to dip off and then it's like, oh, but now you have to do this. And so I think I bring them in as much as possible to know all the information. And then also just saying like, hey, you're going to be point on this project, but then someone else is going to take point on the next one and you're more of a support. And so finding like little balances and rhythms where they can be like, okay, I still have work to do, but I can kind of take a breath a little bit here and not feel the full weight of owning this one project. That's great. Do you ever get what? to a point where you can kind of see the team is,
5: has stretched and maybe beyond their capacity and it's time to make a fundamental shift?
4: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're, oh, it's a great question. Um, and I feel like we've actually, we've, our whole creative team has shifted pretty significantly over the last 18 months, actually, even with, um, for a while, I was the creative director for online. And then when COVID happened, everyone was online. And so they were like, we're going to give your team more people. You guys are going to do programming for the whole church. And we were like, that's awesome. Great. And so now that like campuses are open again, there's stuff that we're making for online that doesn't necessarily work for our campuses. We're like, come to watch parties. And they're like, no, no, no. Tell them to come to our campus. And we were like... (laughs) So now we have like a second, a second creative team is breaking off. That's going to be making campus specific videos. So it's just so funny. Like we're just trying to ebb and flow with like what the church needs, where God is leading. But I feel like it's constantly shifting.
1: What rhythms have you, and, and no need to, no need to feel like you need to be perfect on this. Cause God knows none of us are. But what rhythms do you feel like you've you've set up in your life that have helped you in the busiest moments and the busiest seasons?
4: Yeah. I think finding so for us we work Monday through Thursday. We have Fridays off and then Saturday, Saturday is a flex day, just depending on what's going on. And then Sunday there's church all day. And so for me, I really try to keep my Fridays as like a Sabbath day. And um, I just read this book called the ruthless elimination of hurry. I don't know if you guys have read it by John Mark. It was so good. And it just was like, kind of re like, just kind of made me rethink of like, how, what am I doing as a Sabbath and how, like, how am I actually like committed to keeping that? And so that's something that I've been trying to do. I'm not perfect at it. Like, uh, like you said, there's, I don't want to paint a picture. Like I'm the best at this, but, um, my Fridays are very much like my days where I get to just like, like regroup, like, and just reset completely. And so that's one way. And then for me, I just learned about myself that like, I am not, I cannot be like a roll out of bed in the morning and go to go to work kind of person. Like I have started to wake up early, have some coffee, have some breakfast, spend some time with God and then go to work and I'm like that to me can make all the difference.
1: Yeah, and and I was going to ask you like like what your mornings look like because to, to me if you and I don't mean to sound like all like motivational speaker E here or something but like I really do believe if you win even the first few mo- moments of the morning you win the day. I mean, I the the, the well this morning I, I you know my girl's uh we have a 10 year old and a newborn i don't know god help us and uh, cuz that by the way means that therefore means we're going to have a 13 year old and a 3 year old just saying um, that'll be fun. But anyways, uh, our girls were set to get up around seven today and I did not want to get up at six 30. Nothing in my body wanted to get up at six 30 today. But I was like, I, I have to, if I, if I wake up on the defense, like if I wake up with them, I it's like, don't you just feel like those mornings where I, I am behind from the m- moment my feet hit the floor. You know, and I just feel like the day goes so much better with even 15 minutes. I mean, even just like, like,
5: okay, so let's put it, let's put another bookend on that type of rhythm, like starting your day. Well, what is, when do you decide enough is enough for today? I'm going to put it away. Yeah. Next. What does that look
4: like? That's it. This isn't probably a good bookend today. I would say I do much better in the morning than I do. <laughs> honest, I would say my night uh, rhythm is all over the place. I try to like by eight o'clock, which again, I know that's not good. So I wouldn't say follow my lead here, By eight o'clock, I'm trying to be like, okay, you just like start to wind down. You can like chill for a second, but even like chilling, I might be like scrolling through TikTok or like watching a show. So it's not anything deeply spiritual by any means, but that's kind of like, when I'm like, okay, I need like an hour or two before bed, just to like just rest for a second again not always perfect but that seems to be my kind of like internal like checkpoint
1: well but i think i i actually think there's a really interesting tension though that you bring up like you 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 mentioned eight o'clock and okay that's a little bit later than the proverbial five o'clock or you know whatever but to me i think people actually need to hear that for a second that 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 with with the privilege and honor of leading in fast paced environments and in fast paced uh, seasons, it looks like that sometimes. I mean, you, you've you already talked about guarding your Fridays. You've already talked about Saturdays as a flex day. So to me, it's like, if you go hard on protecting the Sabbath day, you can go hard on the work day. Like, I don't, I don't think we need to, we need to, you know, villainize like, like the hard work days just just to emphasize the Sabbath days, you know?
4: it was really funny too. Even when I started working at the church, my mom would be like, you work too much, you work too much. And I, I was like, well, I care about it. And honestly, like I really enjoy what I get to do. So I'm like, it doesn't feel like I'm not like at home, like, Oh, I can't believe I have to like do this thing. I'm like, this is like fun for me. And so there's like, I think there's two sides of it. I'm like, if you enjoy what you do, there's like a lot of freedom in that.
1: Well, so I maybe, maybe the real issue doesn't come down to just hours and, and clocking in and out and all that, maybe the, like you mentioned in your, in your 10 point sermon, uh, maybe the answer really comes down to, maybe it comes down to finding your why, you know, because, because when, when that's active in you eight o'clock, and I'm not saying any of us need to work all the way till eight every night or something, but, but in fact, my, my, um, lights in my room here in our house, that's my office. They're actually set to turn off at eight every night. And so the the goal, the goal is if by chance I'm still in here working at eight, like the entire room goes dark and it's like, okay, now you're actually done. Like get your rear end out of here. You have to stop. Yeah. Um, but I, I did, I guess I'm just kind of over the whole thing in our culture of villainizing the hard work side, because I feel like you need both. In a in a healthy rhythm and a healthy space, if you're going to be able to lead and go the distance.
4: Yes. And then you hear all the time like people are like, what's like anytime we interview people, like, what's the work life balance? And I like, I just hate that term. I'm like so over. Or I'm like, No. You do, I'm like, you're just coming in already with that like it's just mindset. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't it. like it. Yeah, not a fan.
1: Man, we are on the same page on this here. Okay. So let me ask you this. In the busy seasons, you're I mean, both of you are, are creative people. You're hired to do creative work. How do you find your creative spark in the busy seasons? Because I feel like creativity can really suffer when we're just on autopilot and, and go, 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 go. What are you doing to, to, to keep the creative spark even in those seasons?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. And that's one of the, I feel like i Like when I first like came on the creative team, I would Google stuff all the time. Be like, how do you find it? Like I wanted like a simple solution and I think it's different for everybody. And that's just one of the things that I've learned over the years. But I think like, I, not to over spiritualize it, but I think like stopping and praying about it. And like, why would you not ask the most creative being in the universe to give you inspiration and yep. allow him to work through you? Um, I think getting out of your normal space and your normal routine, like going somewhere else, like anytime we have to do, like, we're, I, we're like a month into planning Christmas right now. And I was like, we can't just sit in our conference room and talk about Christmas. So we like, took everyone to this, to this, uh, cabin decorated it for Christmas, like really got people like in the like Christmas spirit. And so I think you just kind of have to like find things that work and like, get yourself, get yourself there. And then there is this thing that I read about in, uh, I can't remember. It was in some magazine, but it was kind of, it's a new way to brainstorm called reverse brainstorming, which I've actually found to be so, so helpful. And so when you're talking about an idea, instead of being like, does anyone have ideas for the vision video this year? Um, Which can just be like the most stale start to any brainstorm. Um, You spend the first five minutes just asking questions. And so like every question gets written on the board and it kind of just creates this like space where people start thinking about things in a different way. And so no questions off limits. You can ask about the why you can ask like, what if we did this? What if we did that? And it just has been a really cool thing just to see how that has sparked some creativity. And I don't do it all the time, but it has been really helpful in some seasons where it feels like we're not getting anywhere with this.
1: That's so good. I like that.
4: That's great.
5: For you as you're leading, that just makes me think a lot about how much more front work time I wish I had. <laughs> um, how do you as a leader carve that out so you can be out in front and, and, operating in the important rather than the urgent.
4: Yeah. That's one of the things I'm working on to be perfectly. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I actually don't feel like I'm amazing at this. I will um like block off time on my calendar, like I'll set an iCal for myself for like two hours. That's like you're just gonna plan the offsite today, or you're just gonna do this. And like honestly, a lot of times that gets like overwritten by a last-minute meeting, or someone's like, Can I talk to you for a second? And then that doesn't work out as perfectly as planned. But my goal is to be better at that. And then also just I think I'm learning a lot in the season to be like really ask myself, like, do I need to be in this yeah. meeting? Is this like, is this something that I can let go of? Or do I just feel like I'm going to miss out if I'm not in it. And so learning to let go of some things so I can be better at that stuff is just, is just something that I think God's teaching me and he's working on with me right now. But yeah, I feel that on a very deep level. <laughs> oh man. You saying all of them, do I need to be in this meeting? I feel like that Right there is like (laughs) worth the whole podcast and feeling the freedom just to like go to the project manager or something like, Hey, I'm not going to be in this. Like, this person's in it. They're going to cover any. If you have questions, come talk to me after. But like, you guys have this and just like figuring out what is okay to fail. And then if it fails, like, I have to be okay with that. And then there's some things in that I'm like, This cannot fail. I need to be in this meeting. And so finding that balance too has been helpful.
1: Colleen, you just talked about one of my absolute favorite things to coach on, and that is uh, what I've heard, anyways, called calculated failure. So the 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 idea, meaning, um, if you're if we're going to empower anybody, we're going to risk failure, right? And 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 the tough thing for us as leaders is. If, if the person on my team fails, I actually have to stand up in that meeting and own that. I have to own somebody else's failure because they're on my team. And I think that, I think it's absolutely paralyzing to leaders when it comes to giving away ownership because we're so afraid of failure, but sometimes you have to use failure to, um, allow somebody the, the 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 chance, the privilege of failing and, and learning the lessons through, through failure. So, so it's, it's the use of what I at least heard called calculated failure. So how dive like one layer deeper on that? Like, how are you using calculated failure on your own team? And when do you, when do you let the thing fail and when do you rescue it?
4: So, yeah, I have a, well, I'm trying to think of, I have a couple of examples. So I think, Like for instance, we have um we have brainstorms that happen like once a month for everything that's happening in the pre-experience, which I love and I love to get to be a part of. But we have I have an amazing like um live director who runs the meeting and she does a great job. And there's like there's times where I'm like, if this pre-experience video fails, is that the end of the world? No, it's not. Like we'll be okay. We can bounce back from it. I can say, like, hey, this is where I would have done differently. We'll be okay. And then in another instance, there was another meeting that I thought I could miss, which I and I did, and I let it go. And then And when I met with the team again, when they came back with the concept, it was way off like course, but that second meeting was a place where I was like, I'm going to check in and see how everything's going. And then I was like, okay, this isn't really going where I thought it was. So we need to kind of pivot back a little bit. And then we got on the right course again, but it was one of those things though. I was so proud of the people in the meeting because they felt such ownership of what, like, I wasn't in there to save it. And so they were like, okay, cool. Like we're going to do this. And yes, they got a little bit off, but they were like, it was cool to get to like run with it. And so sometimes I think me being in meetings can also stifle people from stepping up. And so it's just been cool to see how, as I've removed myself from different things, different people really just rise to the occasion.
1: And I think if you're not willing to risk the failure or the off track moments and having to redirect you, you sometimes don't see that brilliance come through from your team. Yeah, exactly.
4: Like they, they want, they want ownership. I think more than sometimes I even realize.
5: We stumbled on that concept this year. Um, We had somebody out on paternity leave and just a a deadline, a conference, we had our women's conference and out of sheer necessity had to divide and conquer and do exactly what you guys are talking about. And that's exactly what we found is that these people were rising to the occasion more than you've ever seen stuff coming out of them that you've never seen. Literally people walking by and you're like, who is this person? They are yeah. picking button, picking <laughs> names. And awesome. where have you been all my life? Yes. But it, it was because we created space for, or well, yeah. space was created for us for that. Right. I love doing that
4: intentionally. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing as a leader, just to see your people step up like that and yeah I think I realized we had a lot of safety nets in place for a lot of people, whether that was represented through people or just through different things and so starting to take some of those away. it's been just awesome to see people like really step into their gifting
1: what What do you do when you just plain flat feel tired like you're you're exhausted where where you where you are up at eight p m um like actually like like it's a grind. You know, the, those moments where, where, what was a passion has now turned into just flat out work. Like, like, what are you finding yourself doing in those moments?
4: I have a couple of friends on staff who've been here a long time, who are the people that I will call when I'm having a hard time where I'm not going to be. I mean, I guess sometimes it's event session, but they're the people that can help me like realign my perspective. So Ryan, one of the other creative directors here is one of those people for me um, where I can be like, hey, I'm just like, I'm struggling and he can kind of always help me re-see the thing that I need. And again, knowing who those people are is incredibly important. I can't just call anyone on my team and be like, man, everything sucks right now. And (laughs) knowing who those people are, I have another friend who's a worship leader on staff. Um, She's just another one of those people for me where I'm like, yeah. And And I just think it helps to have people who are in it with you, who can see the big picture when you can't
5: knowing who you can't knowing your safe spaces on people that are, that are going to be able to identify with you, but not just commiserate, but to remind you of where, you know, your why and hold up the mirror for you.
1: Yes. (laughs) Okay. So Colleen, what are you doing then to refill your bucket? Because what I know about you, the little I know about you is you appear to be a very fun person and I believe, am I right? You're an Enneagram 7? That's correct. So, And I'm married to an Enneagram 7. And so I, I, I have learned over the course of time that fun is a necessity. Like, like, we need to have fun. If we go too long without having fun, like, we're going to get a little, a little backwards. So, like, what do you do to have fun and, and refill the tank?
4: No, oh, that's great. Uh, well, at work... So, so this is even another thing, just again, knowing my schedule and stuff. And if I don't take control of my schedule, my week is just filled with all meetings. And so me and a couple other people on staff have been doing this like creative kind of like chaos hour that happens on Thursdays from like four to five. And so last week we just like, or I guess it was two weeks ago, I was on vacation last week. We were like, Hey, like let's, we're all sitting in this new workspace. They just kind of refitted our building and it's just this huge, nothing is in there yet. So it kind of looks like a call center. And so everybody's like all (laughs) wanting about how uncreative it is. Like the entire creative team's back there and it's the most boring space you've ever seen. Um, but it's, it'll get better, (laughs) but, uh, we decided we hung up fly and we, some of our, uh, devi one of our worship leaders has a, uh, hoverboard. He had a couple hoverboards and we basically made this like relay race that went around the whole office, but like a couple of us spearheaded it. And like, that was like, it sounds so ridiculous, but that gave me so much energy to like create an event where everybody was like laughing and riding around. And so, but again, it was one of those things where I had to be really intentional about creating the space to do it. Because I think for the several weeks leading up to that, I had kind of no, I hadn't had any really space at work to kind of do anything like that. So that for me was just a really good lesson of like, if that's what fuels me, I have to make time for that. And it seems ridiculous, but that is something that's important to me. And that's kind of how I'm wired.
1: Yeah, no, I th- I think it's important. And I think if you go too long without knowing like, like this refills my tank, I think you can get really tired and backwards and not even realize it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Those moments are so, they just give you such a shot in the arm. Yes. They just like force you to take a breath and look up and look at each right. other.
4: Like guys, we're doing, it. we're doing, we're right. like, this is fun. We get to do this. Yeah.
1: yeah. We, uh, are you still doing your movie podcast by the way? We're, we're on a, a little
4: hiatus. Uh, one of our podcast partners uh, is, no, is kind of tired of it. so we're,
1: Two of Aww. us are trying
4: to convince the other to like, come on, let's do another season. So uh, we're on pause at the moment, but I, okay. I have faith okay. that it'll come back one day.
1: Fair enough. Fair
4: enough. I love it. I say, what are some of the ways that
5: you celebrate the wins on your team? That's like a really important value to us, but yeah. I'm always looking for, for creative ways to celebrate a, a good mm-hmm.
4: win. So, uh, as a creative team here, so we kind of different seasons of different things we did like this last, uh, couple months, we had this, like, uh, basically like a WWF wrestler belt. So we had two of them. And so anytime we had our big all creative meeting, we had two people that would get honored in front of the whole creative team. And then you get to keep the wrestling belt for the, for the whole month. And then we did one where you got to wear a baseball Jersey. so it was like, we had MVP and then, um, rookie of the year were the two. So it was like best new person. So we kind of have like little categories and stuff and then different supervisors can like nominate. And so every month that we meet, we try to take some time to honor people for a project they did or a good attitude or something like that. And so we just try to find fun little ways to do that. And then just for my team, I try to make sure like in our weekly team meetings, we get to shout out like, Hey, Gabby, you know, worked all week on this one thing. And like, you know, I just want to say like, thank you for the hard work you put in. So there's like, there's different levels to it, but I think like, I totally agree. I think it's one of the most important things. And I think if your team doesn't feel valued, their tenure will be very short-lived. Exactly.
1: I know this is probably so small and dumb, but I even remember, (laughs) I remember one day when you put on Instagram or your stories or something, the like rubber ducky scale of how are you doing or whatever. Do you remember that? Yes. I use that every (laughs) week. Oh oh my gosh. It was like the, it goes from like a healthy rubber duck to like a drowning one. I want to (laughs) say.
4: Honestly, that's (laughs) been one of the most helpful tools for me for one-on-ones because it's basically, I mean, it's a one to to nine scale on how you're doing. But like, I I feel like in one-on-ones, you'd ask like people like, I'd be like, Rachel, how are you doing? And people would be like, I'm good. And you're like, okay. Like, I don't really know what that means necessarily. Or like, they'd be like, I'm okay. But like, if I have someone who's like, the actually the duck scales reverse as to what you think so like one is okay. really good and nine is horrible but like i had some people will be like i'm a six this week and i was like oh so like you have some stuff going on so like let's talk about it and so it just it has been really cool like as such a dumb thing as it is it's helped create so many better like relational conversations i can have with my team where i'm like okay so you're not doing great even though you said you were doing good because now i know right the- yeah
1: but but i think that was a perfect example of of a way to infuse a tiny bit of fun and a tiny word bit of my pastor's favorite word, levity, uh, a tiny bit of levity into into what's actually a really important conversation that everybody glosses over um, to just to get on to what we're supposed to talk about.
4: Totally. Like if my supervisor asked me how I'm doing, I think most times I would just be like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great. And then if you like make me point out a number, that's like, <laughs> okay, I'm a little different <laughs> than I thought. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. It's awesome. Well, Hey, we, um, we love you a lot and, and thank you for bringing joy to our world, whether it's through a movie podcast or a rubber ducky scale on Instagram stories or, or anything. Um, but you, your house means the world I know to, to so many of us. So thank you for just fighting through the crazy busy moments and seasons, because I know that it's, it's making a difference in, in a lot of different places.
4: Oh, it's very kind. And I love you guys right back. We love you. And this has been so fun.
1: Absolutely. So I get to ask the last question and I do want you just to, to speak to the heart of anybody who's listening. Cause I figure if they make it like 35 minutes into an episode, they, they needed this episode today is kind of always my theory. Most people check out after two minutes. So, um, maybe just, just speak, speak right to the heart of the person who who's really, really fighting to, to get healthy or stay healthy in what is really a difficult season right now and just maybe show your greatest prayer for them or, or speak right into their heart and their soul. Yeah.
4: I think for me, I think my greatest prayer is just kind of, if you can just look at what God's doing and see that, like, sometimes things need to be stripped away in order for God to bring something better. I really think like, if you can truly believe that and just know that even if you're in a low place now, just God's in control and he's doing something bigger and better than you could ever expect. And I think be eager and excited for what's to come and just, just put your faith in that he's a good God and he's a faithful God and that, um, he's got you.
1: So good. So good. Thanks so much, my friend. We love you. Thanks for your time today. Love you
4: guys. Thanks so much.
0: For more information, check out leadingsecond.com. Follow us on Instagram at leadingsecond and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook.